Mommy, you miss me, don't you? Haters, wish you could hit me, don't you? <laughs> you should call me uncle, I understand. I'm backed by popular demand. That new CL slide, outside of Popeyes, eating chicken and fries. Yeah, come holla at your uncle, I understand. I'm back Welcome back, it's episode five of the Popular Demand Podcast. I'm your host, Jay. I'm your co-host, Marvelous Mero. And the Capadonna Core cannot join us this evening, so it'll just be me and Mero. Uh, we're going to LeBron D-Wade it out today. I uh, guess we're going to uh, start off with one of the biggest stories that happened since last week. I think the, the Jimmy Butler injury. I think that happened the day we were recording last week. He went down in a game against the Rockets. Um, we talked about the race for the playoff race and the rest on the West last um, about two weeks ago, I think. Yeah. And so uh, I didn't really intend to talk about it again, but with his injury popping up, it's an entirely new dynamic in the West. The West is completely open. No one's safe. I thought I thought the Timberwolves would be fine so long as Jimmy Butler was healthy. Yeah. It's a shame that after resting in the All-Star game, he gets hurt in the first game back. And so now I have to ask you this. Can a Timberwolves team that was already playing his stars 38 to 40 minutes, shout to Slade Master Tibbs. Can a Timberwolves team that was already relying on his starters so much, and now they cut Sebastian Muhammad, he's no longer on the team. Was he getting minutes though? I don't think he was, but this is the thing about it. If you have Jimmy, Jimmy Butler out, you would think he would get minutes to help take up all the stuff that Wiggins was doing. Yeah. But now he's gone. So now you there's really no other real forwards to play that two to, that two and three position. So with Jimmy Butler out, Shabazz Muhammad getting released, do you think that the Timberwolves, who are currently the third seed and three games out of the play, well they're three games away from being out of the playoffs, do you think they can stay in the playoff race? I think they I think they should be able to, but uh, hopefully I hope they don't. I hope you, they don't. you hope they don't? Why? Cause um, no, I'm a uh, you know I'm a big supporter of OKC. So yeah, if they can move up and get that three seed, that'll be nice for them. But I mean, I mean, Timberwolves. I mean, they can still get a three seed without the Timberwolves missing. True. Mm-hmm. Unless you unless you're scared that the do you think the Thunder would lose to the Timberwolves in the playoffs if they still made it and Jimmy Butler came back? Is he coming back? But yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah, I he's, previ- he's, he's coming back. I think he's only going to be gone like uh, six weeks. I think they said six weeks to eight weeks. Okay, so he'll be back around like right in time for playoffs if they do make it. I think even with a he- healthy Jimmy Butler, I think that uh, Thunder they could beat him. But you know, Jimmy Butler, top fifteen player, uh, great offense player, great defense player. He definitely you got to pick up for him. You got to count for him. So it'll be tougher to beat. The Timberwolves with yeah. uh, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, of course. So you so you think Wiggins and Carlton Towns? Because think about it, before Jimmy Butler came, Carlton Towns and Wiggins were on like a twenty-win team. They only won twenty games, like 20, 30 games, I think, last year. And now Jimmy Butler comes, and they're a perennial playoff team. On it, they were on the cusp of getting fifty wins. Now, now that's I want to say it's largely because of Jimmy Butler. I think Carl has improved. Andrew Wiggins seems like he's stagnant. But even with Carl improvement, there's no depth on this team. Do you with no one and then like let me read you the stretch. Their next couple of games is the Jazz, the Celtics, the Warriors, the Wizards, the Spurs, the Rockets, 
the Clippers, the 76ers. That stretch alone right there could give them about four or five losses. Yeah, I agree. So, um, do you, like I said, it's, it's more so do you have – how much faith do you have in Wiggins? I know you've never been a, a real – you never been real big on Wiggins. Yeah, I don't have too much faith in him, man. Remix, I, remix of Melo. Nah, the remix of uh, lesser version, low carb uh, Harrison Bourne, I say. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Harry B. <laughs> the next Kobe Bryant. No he, sir. He gonna get that one day. Uh, big three, big three tournament. Wilding. Is the, play, is the Big Three even still come on anymore? Did you ever watch the Big Three? I watched a little bit of it. Uh, I think they trying to redo a deal for this this uh, this offseason. You know what happened in the offseason. So. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie, though. It was really entertaining when I was watching it. But the thing is, like, players are getting hurt, like, a game in. Like, I think White Chocolate, J- Jason Williams, I think he got hurt in, like, the first five minutes of the game and was out for the rest of the season. Mm. I know that Nate Robinson and Mari Stoudemire, they trying to get, like, an all-New York team to – Oh, that'd be dope. To compete in the Big – Big three leads, so. So I guess with the stuff that's happened with the um with the Timberwolves, I have to ask you this, as a, you know, as a what's a Westbrook supporter, are you worried about the Thunder, who are currently the seventh seed in the West, and they have fourteen of their nineteen games left against playoff teams? What do you mean by worried? Are you saying worried? Worried as in, do you think they could possibly miss the playoffs? Because they're only like two games away from the um from being out the playoff picture. They're one game away from Thursday, but like I said, two games away. I think that OKC when they lost Andre Rosen, they hurt their they hurt their defense and they kind of went down from there because they was on an eight game winning streak before he went down. And also Russ, he had a bad February, so I think that kind of uh, yeah. contribute to yeah. them being in the position they are now. Mm-hmm. But PG been playing good. Melo, my boy. Looking, looking washed out though. I hate to see it. I told you, man, wash like some ball man jeans. I've been telling you that for a minute now. Nah, man, he went washed last year. That's the thing. So he just, so he just, he just, he just fell off a cliff after one. I don't know. After one off season, no. Nah, the thing about it was, think about it was, he fell off after hoodie mellow off season. But, after being in the gym, fade away jump shot. He don't fell off that fast. This that was all for sure. It was like pickup games. Like I knew, yeah. I, I knew. <laughs> The only thing I say about him was I'm really surprised at like his kitchen shoot shots that he uh got. Like he gets a lot of open looks, yeah. but he's not making them. I think a lot of it is it's similar to when Kobe Bryant came back from the Achilles tour. Like he tried to do the fadeaways and he'll miss them short. And I think it was because he's like, a lift. Yeah, his elevation not there. And then like when he does try to drive it, he gets blocked. So it's like he has to take the shot. Like it really. It's kind of weird. I don't know. But see, it kind of makes me think about. Uh, so, you, do you remember the beginning of the season where they said Melo should you come off the bench? Do you, is that statement just as ludicrous now as it was then? Because then he laughed at it. Me come off the bench. Now he look. You know, he's looking like it's like the season starting to wear on him. Honestly, it's like he could use a couple a week off, or maybe he could use playing lesser minutes. But see, that's the thing. If he plays lesser minutes, he doesn't necessarily have to come off the bench. They can just like pull him early or. Yeah. Like, uh, stagger the lineups and, like, have them play with the bench if that's what they want. See, this is one of the problems with Melo. I felt like it was going to be a problem for him. When you were talking about him being Olympic Melo, of course, a lot of people said, oh, Olympic Melo, put him with other stars and put him in, like, a third role, man. He's 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 good to go. But one thing is we underestimate is how much players 
um, need the ball in their hands to get a rhythm. I remember um, I was talking to Jacquez, as a matter of fact, and we were talking about um, about how important, how it's so hard to find your shot when you don't touch the ball for multiple possessions. And for a player who is, you know, Melo's always been kind of a streaky player himself. So as a player like him who needs to get shots up because he's a volume scorer, it probably hurts him a lot when he doesn't get to take that many shots in a game, period. Where he goes long possessions without shooting, but in between shots. Do you what do you think about that? Uh yeah, I can I can I can definitely see that because anytime you're a basketball player and you're a shooter, like the ball has energy. So if you go up and down the court about five or six times, you ain't touch the ball and then they pass it to you and they expect you to make a shot. It's really a hard shot. Yeah. Although they're a professional and they should be able to make that shot. But it's still, nevertheless, it's a hard shot. So what do you, what do you see most likely happen? Do you, do you think the Thunder are more, are more likely to get the third seed or more likely to fall out the playoffs? Uh, I won't. I'll say in between maybe the fifth, sixth seed. I can see that. Cause, it's because, I mean, the teams around them are like the Trailblazers, the Pelicans. Pelicans keep rattling off wins. I don't know how AD is doing it. Uh, Trailblazers are only like half a game, maybe a game away from the third seed. I think that's crazy. Um, Nuggets, Clippers, they're all right there together. They literally, they literally could land anywhere. In all honesty, it just depends on how they handle this stretch that's coming up. Yeah, the last, those last, that last week is very pivotal for all playoff teams. Like, if you go, like I said, if you go four and one, or you go three and two, or you go three and three and three or two and three mm-hmm. they can determine like they can be the deciding factor whether you make the playoffs or not that's absolutely true i just think this is um i think this playoff race is just extremely exciting because usually the playoff race isn't this tight in february not from three to ten where every team is like battling each other for a playoff spot three four months from now usually this is like in april and it's like the seven and eight seed yeah. Yeah, maybe the f- third and the fourth ninth. yeah like the third and fourth seed fighting each other for the third and fourth seed Seven, eight fighting each other. Ninth trying to fight the eighth. It's never. It's this. This ten, three through ten is all in play. The third seed could easily end up being a tenth seed a month from now, and they go on a three to four game losing streak. That's all it takes. Right. That's really all it takes. There's no room for error anymore. I think it's time now for the verse of the month, where me and Mero choose the verse we thought was the hottest this month. And what did you end up choosing, Mero? Got to give it to Solo. Have soul verse on the Black Panther album. Alright then. Please move with caution. Who said the fair way? Damn right, I need all this. Yeah, Jack, I need all this. I'ma need hot agua You gon' meet Jamaica, I won't say it in Patois Hope I strike a nerve like a package of matches You may wanna bypass, this smoke ain't gastric A prince turned pauper tryin' do like kings do Sweatin' in chess games, try move like kings move You should slow your roll before you drown in the moat He tried to channel balance but never found the remote Killers on the prowl, still juggin' off a lick Stillin' with a double for his Common politics, everlasting mayhem Draw to stick you for your figures, that's how they hang, man So what's your game plan if you got one? You aiming at passengers with a shotgun? Whoa The aftermath is, you in the scope? It's warfare, is warfare? No You understand, it's probably better you don't Just keep a dock on standby, charter a boat Ship set sail and planes depart The big picture's in motion, are you playing your part? Yeah. Before the light
lights get dark and the curtains get closed Are you playing your role? Ass told by an organized criminal in general Get off my genitals, I got your general Hail Mary's in the sky False prophets get buried alive Head on the throne cause that's where I reside Ways in the world the weak won't survive Something's in the water Hey, my nigga we lawless Please move with caution Who said the fairway? Okay, so this week, Ray Strimmer, um, Tupelo Legends, Mississippi Legends, have gave us a taste of what the triple we had to expect from the triple disc album. Uh, do, do, do they have a name for the album? No, I don't think it's, no name been announced yet. Okay, so they just they just gave us three singles to give us an um, idea of what they're gonna do. Uh, they gave us a Ray Strimmer single, they gave us a Slim Jimmy single, and they gave us a uh, Ray Strimmer uh, featuring Juicy J. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ray Sherman's single, but also a Sway Lee single as well. But, um, and so on these, these songs, these songs are pretty dope. Yeah. So I would, I'm gonna be honest with you. I did not think I would give a flying fuck about a Slim Jimmy song. I did not think I'd ever care about listening to Slim Jimmy by himself. But, I was in a break shot. Break shot was pretty hard. Yeah. I, I, I can't lie. Like, I it like it. It wasn't too long neither because it's like two minutes. So I think that's like a perfect time because we probably not used to hearing him by himself. So I think that was a perfect time. And it was a good intro. Give us a, a nice feel for what he can do by himself. Because, I, you know, it, no no, no disrespect to Slim Jimmy. No, I didn't really, I don't really too much, didn't think I had too much care for a Sway Lee song by himself either. You know, it's, it's almost like that Quavo situation. It was like, oh, Quavo need to go do a song by himself. I'm like, nah. nah. I think, don't get me wrong. I think the um, the sum is better than the parts. I think m- way more so. And so I didn't really care to hear a Sway Lee song by himself. But, you know, Sway Lee gave us Hurt to Look. Man, flames, big flames. It, it, was, it was nice. It was real nice. The, the vocals were nice. The lyrics were nice. The instrumental was nice. It was perfect. It was... It, I don't, I don't have any other good words to use to explain it. But you, you, what you, what you thought, Mero? Based off the single, I'm hyped for the album. You hype? I'm hyped officially for, hyped for his. Hey. For his, <laughs> <laughs> for, uh, for for Sway Lee solo album. I, I don't know, man. It's something about like a little R&B feature. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I like that. I like. Certain, certain. I'll say this about certain guys when they when they on that vulnerable side and they on yeah. that, that singies. Yeah, I like it. So I, I like the single. I'm anticipating like, like, now. Like, you like that soft shit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. And I'm thing is, I I typically don't like it. I usually hate when rappers try to sing. But Sway Lee, he, he's he's won me over the single. I'm not saying it, it's a guaranteed classic. I'm not saying it's gonna be a ten out of ten, nine out of ten. But I'm, my interest is peak. He has shown me that he deserves to, for me to at least go in and listen to this project. Slim Jim has shown he's actually proven to me I should get him, I should actually listen to his side of the disc. And I'm, the, the Ray Shrimmer tape itself is gonna be cool too. But Ray Shrimmer always from the first tape they released to the second album they released, they were both solid efforts. Yeah. So I was already gonna listen to that. Yeah, then they they don't they don't they don't twenty song get it there, twenty five song get it there. They just ten song, fourteen songs get you out of there. And then you know they gonna have the radio hits and that you gonna hear like the Black Beatles or uh, oh, Netflix yeah. on. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of hit. It's gonna be a lot of cuts on there that people are gonna be playing everywhere. I'm I'm really excited. I'm be honest with you. I'm more excited for this than I was for Culture too. 
Yeah, I agree. Because I, I feel like culture two was kind of like forced upon us. Like culture, culture one, the first one, I think they made them like. They were already really kind of mainstream, but they really like pushed them into superstardom, and so they was like, "We gotta oh, put, we gotta put a culture two out." Yeah, let's come back with the second one, you know. So you know, culture one felt more organic. It was more like, "Hey, we got these songs. We want, we want to share something special." And then, but once they got that that um that that superstardom, like you said, they said, "Oh, well, we gotta put more music out. Let's go make a collab tape. Let's go make a collab tape. Let's go make a collab tape." Oh shit, we getting we even bigger than before. We should drop culture two now to capitalize on this rather than. We got we got the perfect songs for culture too. Let's put it out now. It was more so of a business move, more so than I feel like a music move. Um, but it's and it's interesting. I'm I'm glad that Ray Sherman them did this because they released. Well, I'm glad that um, Sway Lee released this song because it actually came up on the same week as we had a, a heated debate earlier this week. Me, you, um, Core, and, and the rest of the gang about vocalists in hip hop. And so, you know, there was a lot of them, was a, lot, a couple of them, they were saying that Young know, Thug's a vocalist, Future is a vocalist. They were saying that Sway Lee's a vocalist. They were saying that, uh, who else? Anybody who even, anybody who can hold a note, they said is a vocalist. Man, my ears. In my mind, a vocalist is somebody who can really sing, someone who can sing. Yeah, yeah, most so, definitely. Like, I think hip-hop and vocalists don't even match because I don't think nobody that's a hip-hop artist is a vocalist. No, they might have some nice vocals, but a vocalist, to me, is somebody who is a master of vocals. Someone who can really, like, sing. No, like you said, sing. Sing. But, which leads me to ask you, because I feel like we're in the R&B, I think we're well into the R&B renaissance. R&B now, today, isn't what R&B was 10 to 20. 12 years ago when you had Usher to R. Kelly to Trey Songs. Now it's more uh, Chris Brown rapping alongside Tiger, fan of a fan. It's more Bryson Tiller half singing, half rapping. It's more Tory Lanez. I, 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 when Tory Lanez first came out, I didn't know to qualify him as an R&B singer or a rapper. I didn't know to qualify Bryson Tiller. I didn't know what mold. I didn't know exactly what they were. See, I like to call it boneless R&B. It's not, it's, <laughs> that's the name I got for it. I just like to call it boneless R&B. Like, you turn on the radio now, you hear a song, you can't tell. Is he rapping? Is he singing? Like, There's no soul to it. Or, like, it's no difference. Like, rap yeah. sounds like R&B. R&B sounds like rap. So, it's kind of. See, granted, like, I like when, I like, I kind of like it when the rappers blend blend the lines and like you get a, a rapper who makes something like an R&B-ish type cut as long as they don't go overboard with it I kind of like this stuff like I like, Kend- like Kendrick's Love and God it's not really R&B but I kind of it grew on me I kind of glad he made a song like that to show his range I like artists I like rappers who expand their range but as far as for the state of R&B with them trying to incorporate rap into the genre and make it a because it's, it's become a staple like, a lot of the R&B singers are rapping multiple times on a project. It ain't just one verse. It's multiple uh, instances. Do you feel like, well, you said it's boneless R&B. Do you feel like this is just a phase? Kind of like how people think mumble rap is a phase? You think, or do you think R&B will ever get back to its more soulful roots? I don't know. I don't know if it can get back to its soulful roots. But I think it's really because I'm an R&B singer. People are really not going to pay attention to me. So let me rap. So yeah. people can pay attention. Yes, to yeah, yeah. What I'm saying it's just like mumble rap. A lot of people think like, oh, well, I'm a lyricist. Well, people ain't gonna listen to me. Let me, let me do, let me just say some bullshit on the track. 
and get um and get big. Which granted, it don't always work that way, but that's typically what happens. But I will say this though: although R and B is not the same twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, thirty years ago, I do like the new. It's some R and B singers that I definitely like out there. It's some that I really, really, really like. But can you, but so would you say? But do you like? Do you like the ones who do this rapping singing thing? I'm gonna say like there's. I know you. I know you love some R and B singers, but most of when you talk to me about aren't the types to rap and sing. They're more the people who focus more on the singing more so than trying to spit a bar. I'm gonna keep it real with you, Chief. I like to be <laughs> able to listen to a song and tell if this is a rapper. Okay, this is a singer. I do. I do like to be able to yeah. distinguish the two. That's just me though. But that's what but I will say this also. I do like some people that rap and sing and. Singing rap, you know what I'm saying? Shout, shout, out to, shout out to Aubrey. To me, uh, to me, Drake always did like the perfect balance of the two. I knew when I listened to a song, I knew if it was going to be an R&B record or if it was going to be a rap record. I kind of don't like the half singing, uh, half moaning <laughs> shit that <laughs> the niggas be doing on the track. I don't like it at all, to be honest with you. I mean, except Future. When Future do it, it's hot. But, but then, even then, even then, he goes overboard on some songs. Yeah, he does sometimes. So, I get... So... So you th- so do you think so you say you don't think there's any way that R and B ever shift back to its original roots, kind of like um, how people think mumble raps a phase. Do you think R and B will improve, or do you say do you think R and B's going up, or you think eventually it'll just die out because of this phase? Because this is the basic way. Like I mean, I, like you know, girls, you know, you would think they would like R and B singers. Maybe let's do the rappers. But you gotta look at it like back in the day, man. They those, didn't taste uh, the R and B singers they could they could sing, they could dance, they can Yeah. Like now, like Tory Lane's no disrespect, but he's not like he ain't no performer. He's not blowing you away vocally. He's no. not dancing, like he's not no. six pack like R and B nigga with a yeah. six pack. No, nah, that nigga he a short ball headed nigga. That- <laughs> <laughs> he a short- those guys out of here, man. Tory Lane's a short ball nigga with a broke jump shot. <laughs> Got to start a layup package on 2K. <laughs> they ain't got no damn VC. <laughs> Golly. Nah. See, yeah, see what I'm saying? The face of R&B is so weird because, like, you know, pause. These ain't these ain't attractive men singing R&B. It's, it's, it's people that look like Tory Lanez, for instance. They'll become the face of R&B. It's kind of crazy to think about. But last, when yesteryear, it was Usher, Trey Songz, guys of that from that cloth. Yeah, sex symbols basically. Yeah, sex symbols. Sex symbols don't really exist in R&B anymore. At least at least not in the men's side. Well, it is one. Gotta shout out my boy Jacquees. Sex symbol fam. Yeah, Jacquees. the girls the girls like him, bro. That nigga look like Lil Wayne, fam. And, well, you know what? You he know, got the six pack, though. He got a six pack? Yeah. I ain't gonna ask you how you know that. But... Is <laughs> he... <laughs> uh, quick... I guess, I guess, I guess, I don't know. I guess you're kind of right because women do love Quavo. He look like Quavo. Nah, they don't look alike. Like, they do look alike, fam. The funniest thing is, like, it's like <laughs> they don't look alike. I think it was one picture like where they Chrysler had 300 in a, in a... <laughs> no. It's like when a Chrysler 300 <laughs> pull up to a Phantom, then you know they don't look alike. Man, like it was one selfie where they both had Cartier glasses on, and you like, oh, they kind of look alike. Yeah. But the crazy thing was. People were like, man, Jacquees is like Quavo. Jacquees is like Quavo. Do you see that dyke that um got on a plane because she looked like Quavo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and these folks think I look like Quavo. They think I look like Quavo. <laughs> oh, man. No, she looked like Quavo. Now, I actually, I didn't see it until she posted a picture of them side by side. I yeah, you really, you really can tell until they posted it side by side. You're like, you know what? She do kind of like Quavo. Yeah, just. 
Just just like um, when you look at Jacquees, I don't think that's Quavo. Until, I, until you put a picture up beside of each other, I'm like, you know, they kind of do favor. But the crazy thing was, everybody was like, man, Jacquees like Quavo, Jacquees like Quavo. Jacquees posted a picture. My twin. <laughs> was like, nigga, you don't like Quavo. <laughs> nah, women, see, I told you, ain't no sex with women. <laughs> women got mad when he said that. Women love the Lord for Quarvies. They love him. They love, love Quavius. Shout out to Quavius. Make sure you stay a part of Amigos because you that solo career ain't it. Huncho Jack confirmed that. Huncho Jack confirmed that. Man. He only gonna be he's gonna be boneless Travis Scott if he uh, <laughs> if he try to go out on his own. All right, so it's time for rank him up. Usually Corby is usually been here for rank him up, so I'm, I'm gonna leave it all up to you today, Camaro. How would you rate the discography, the music of Tory Lanez, Party Next Door? And Bryson Tiller, man, I'm gonna. I definitely gotta go with Party Next Door number one. Okay, because of, okay, off of P1 and P2 alone. Like, okay, I don't think any of those guys got a project better than P1 or P2. So, uh, Party would be number one. Number two. the classic though. I don't know. All right, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Number two. But since you said that, Trap Soul, I gotta go Bryson Tiller number two because. That was, I don't think Tory Lane has a better project than Trap Soul. I'm gonna so. be honest with you. I really don't remember the names of Tory Lane's albums and mixtapes. I'll just go listen to them and check them out, and then I'll completely forget about them like a week or two later. Granted, the music isn't bad. He just don't. Like I said, I don't like that type of rapping, that type of R&B. I don't like this brand at all. Granted, the music's good. I just it's not. It's not my cup of tea. But if I had to talk about in terms of quality of music, I might I would probably say Party Next Door first. I'd probably say Tory Lane second. And then I'd say Bryson Tiller third. I, I've told you this before, I do not like Bryson Tiller. To me, he makes he uh he makes basically he to me he makes RB records. He makes parody account music, fam. That's what he makes to me. Like, you know how you know them tweets he's like focus on yourself and, and just grind it out. Like he like, <laughs> like that's what he does. Like he, I feel like he go to parody accounts and he gets his lyrics from there and he just goes in the booth and he recites them over a over a beat. I mean, I I I'm not even gonna defend him because true to self, it probably was that. Yeah, true to self was whack. I, I finally listened to it. it. Took it took me months to listen to it, but I finally listened to it and it was whack. I listened to only like one song out there, like, I, and I don't go back and listen to it. I don't care to listen to it. And I, to be honest with you, I thought Trap Soul was cool, but I don't think it, I don't see the appeal because it kind of goes back to I don't think that Bryson Tiller is a vocalist. No, no, no. I don't think I don't think he can sing. So I don't, you know, I don't find listening to him appealing because he can't, he can't really sing to me. His bars aren't that hot. His I, lyrics aren't that dope. Like I said, it's not, it's, I ain't gonna say it's predictable, but it's not something I haven't heard before. Well, I say this, with Trap Soul, the lyrics really resonated with people. I yeah. will say that. The girls yeah. and even the fellas. Like, you, par- you know, that's what parody accounts do. They tweet some very vague and some um, introspective stuff. And people are like, yeah, and they hit the retweet. That's why I get like 20,000 retweets. I'm like, this, this, is, this is parody R&B. I don't, I don't like this. Boneless R&B. That's, a, that's what, that's really what, that's really what Trap Soul felt like to me. And that's why when True to Self was getting ready to come out, people was getting hyped for it. I'm like, I don't know why I get hyped for it. He didn't really show me that he could do anything outside of what he did on Trap Soul. So it's either going to be exactly like Trap Soul, which 
wasn't that great to me. It was gonna be worse. And sure enough, it was worse. Okay, so between these two, who do you think is a better vocalist? Thugger or Future? Well, neither one of them is a vocalist. <laughs> like, neither one of them is a vocalist. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think they got good songs where they, yeah. they got some songs where they, they sound tolerable and then they got songs where they god awful. So, yeah. I, I'm saying, like, if you had, if you were a rapper, you was in the booth, you're like, man, I need somebody to lay a hot melody over this track. I need somebody to give me a fire ass hook. Who you calling? You know what I'm A fire ass hook. Yeah, but you want them singing, not rapping on it. Um, you you gonna call Future or you gonna call Young Thug? Man, I'm calling up Future Hendrix, man. Super Future. Super man, I'm, Future call, I'm, I'm calling up him, man. Greater than sign Hendrix, Easy Beautiful, Thugger Girl. Oh, most definitely, man. Cord ain't here to defend Easy Easy Breezy Beautiful Thugger Girl, and that's his fault because that shit was trash. It, I, it was three songs off Beautiful Thugger Girl, Family Don't Matter, Relationship with Future, and uh, You Say It, which Lord Corbarbius almost messed up. Because I. I can't remember something I liked off of it. At first, I liked it. I said, oh, this is actually... I think I liked it because it wasn't that bad. I had low expectations. I'm thinking, like, it's an album with Young Thug singing the entire time. There's no way this sounds even decent. I was... But it did. It sounded decent. His singing was tolerable on majority of the songs. Maybe, like, maybe one it wasn't. But then, when I go back and listen to it, I realized that I was more impressed with the fact that he wasn't awful than he was... Then I was impressed that he was good. And now I only care about two or three songs just like you do. Now that few, now that Hendrix, man, he was tapping into some Jodeci vibes. Some he was in all different types of places, man. He was sampling R and B songs, like it was really. I was impressed with it, like I liked it. I think like the first eleven songs were fire, and then it was a little bad on the middle, and then the tail end finished off strong too. So, yeah, but like it's not a perfect album, but for future a, for a future to do like an R and B esque album, I'm impressed. But he had already <laughs> dropped astronaut oh, status, so you're not surprised. I, yeah, and then he was like, he he wrote body party for Sierra. He uh he uh did drunk a little with Beyonce. Do you like, like astronaut status more or less than Hendrix? Uh, I gotta go with astronaut status more. Uh, classic mixtape. They were like popped them onto the scene, you know. Yeah, man. I thought shit. I was gonna ask you something. Um. Something about young, something about future. Can't remember. Oh, have you heard the new song? Yeah. What do you think about the new future song? Um, those one of those. That's one. Uh, it's 03 in the count. I know mean, it's 02 in the count, and you just swing away and you miss. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I, that was that was trash, man. I didn't I didn't like it at all. I, I listened to it. I was like, yeah, I'm never gonna first play on this song again. To me, he would just, you know how, you know how we all, they always say rap is misogynistic, which it is. That was probably one of the more misogynistic songs <laughs> I've heard this year, all last year. He was just on the track saying the wildest shit he could possibly say. Yeah, I think that's what he was trying to do. He was, he was like, he was what's the wildest shit I can say? <laughs> he was definitely going off the lean. He was going off the Percocets. I don't know, man. It's like he been trying to. He was trying to hit home with Sierra, man. I guess she been posting all these pictures. I think I saw some on Twitter say that uh, he said you you really left you wouldn't got a man who be drinking creatine. Did, yeah. did he really say that in the song? I can't remember. I want to do it. I right. don't I don't remember, but if he did, I'm not surprised. He's been throwing those shots at Russ. That's that's a, that's a trash insult. Wow. I'm I'm gonna say that right now. He drinking. I get I guess future. 
I guess. Okay. Also, Future this week did a song with DJ Khaled, Jay Z, Beyonce. Beyonce, I don't remember the name of the song. It is. It's Top Off, and you got to insert that. Charlemagne. No, that ain't it. Yeah, that ain't it. That ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> um, man. Where, where do we start with this song? Cause I thought I just thought the whole song was bad. I want to I want to start with Khaled. Okay. Like, how does one Khaled has a lot of connections in the rap world? How does he like he has access to a lot of artists? And how does he come out with these bad songs? I really don't know what he do for the song besides talk on it. But it's still like, like you go get Jay Z, Beyonce, and Future, and they this is what y'all come up with, and you <laughs> let them release this. Like if I. I, I, I I'm telling you, I think he's like a glorified A and R. He just like his whole job is to pick who gets on the same song with each other. I think that I really think that's the end goal. I don't really, I don't think he's producing these tracks. I don't think he's not. He definitely isn't writing anything. Man, he, maybe he might be writing. He might he might wrote future hook for all I know because that, that hook he doing was, a terrible job. Then I can say that. that that hook was repetitive. It was it, it was repetitive. And it was boring. Yeah, it was. And it, it was annoying at that point. Jay's rapping, I thought was good. It, it sounded, was, it was. It sounded weird over the trap instrumental. Yeah, it was alright, but like after hearing Jay on his forty-four, yeah, you don't want to hear Jay on that. Like you don't want to hear Jay rapping about. What the song with Future and um Jay Z on the last I, album? I got the keys. See, I, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't really like that song. Like I said, I like the verse though. I like the song, honestly. Uh, see, I thought I thought this verse was worse than that verse. Man. But I still, I still enjoy, I enjoy watching, listening to Jay Z rap. It's poetry and motion. Even when it's not that good, it's still good to me. Man, when you see Jay Z and Beyonce featuring DJ Khaled on there, man, you need to run. Cause Shining, that one ain't neither. I forgot that song existed. I, I legit only know the hook. I don't, I don't remember what Jay Z did on that song. I know he said twenty one. Uh, he said twenty one Grammys on a savage. <laughs> <laughs> what? Nah, that ain't that ain't it. <laughs> uh, I think uh, the only thing I enjoyed about that song was that first J verse. I did not care to hear MCB at all on that song. I thought it was funny though. I thought it was funny. Bro, I was. I think I was in the shower when the song was playing, and I just like I heard the auto tune come in. I was like, "What is Beyonce doing?" She said, "I think she said real body." Cash and something on a triple threat. I'm like, what? <laughs> man, she letting the, she letting these women know that about it real, man. You got a lot of Nicki Minaj's out there. Black Chinas. You got some Kim K's out there who it probably was directed at. Shout out to Beyonce. But that's, that verse was trash. She needs to stick to her day job. And DJ Jay-Z needs to lead DJ Khaled along. I don't know how DJ K I don't know how DJ Khaled can get all these Jay-Z verses. Man. I, I do not understand this. I think what Cali should do is say, if he wants Jay-Z and Beyonce in the song, he should just say, hey, B, hey, Jay, you know, I need a single for the album. And just let them make the song. He get far away. He go play with a shot. And then when they done, <laughs> they send the record back. <laughs> and then he just talk on it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, fam. I think he do it as that already. I don't know. I think he be in the studio influence. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need this beat right here. Right Jay there. <laughs> That's it, Jay. Yeah. Uh, we we gonna get a uh, candidate slap. We gonna blame Ashad. We gonna blame Ashad. Yeah. We can't blame Ashad, fam. Who 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 Ashad learned from? DJ Khaled. Well, you right. I'm gonna say this. What's the best Jay Z and uh, Beyonce song? 
the best Jay Z and Beyonce song. If I just had to go to the top of my head, I'd probably go uh, top of my head, Jay Z and Beyonce. I'll say O Three Bunny and Clyde. Like I really, I'll say that song. I think I think you're right. I think that might be my pick as well. Classic can't can't go wrong with that. I mean, I know some people that'll probably say upgrade you or uh nah. drunk not drunk in love, but uh crazy in love. Uh, drunk in love was hot. I like drunk in love a lot. Like crazy in love too. But I I, I think Bonnie and Clyde would be the better between those songs. Shining and uh nah, not top, kind of, top off the nah, bottom bottom two. I'd tell you the worst collab though. What's that? Lift off. I thought that was the worst collab. Like, uh, I think Watch the Throne was a perfect album. I besides that song, off. like it was so unnecessary. To be honest with you, that song was so bad. I deleted it soon. Like when you gave me the Watch the Throne CD, I took it home. I ripped every song off of it, and then I got the lift off. I said, "Man, this is bad." I deleted it. I forgot that song existed. When you came in, I told you, bro. I think I told you. Um, I think Watch the Throne perfect album. I told you like months later. You're like, "Nah, bro." You think you like lift off? I'm like, "What's that?" And you hear the song Beyonce, bro. Beyonce ain't on that album. I forgot. I forgot the song existed. That's how bad it was. I yeah. erased it from my memory. Yeah, I don't remember. I only remember the chorus, and I don't want to remember that. The beat was good though. All right. So next topic we got here: Who's an artist that you think would flourish today in this sing-song, rap-driven, melody-driven rap today, mixed with R&B? I think Nate Dogg would be. He'd be hot as hell right now. That's that's a great choice. I ain't even thinking about that with Nate Dog. I think, yeah. Yeah, Nate Dog. I feel like he would dominate the airways. I'm trying to think of somebody. Uh, Rest in peace, Nate Dog. Rest in peace, Nate Dog. Uh, it's really hard to say who would dominate. Uh, I know I've asked this before with like Biggie and Tupac. How you think they will fare in today's rap? They want. I love Biggie, love Pop, but the stuff Biggie said back then. They had to try to get him out the paint for that. Certain stuff that Pop was saying, like, they was, they was just, like, I'm going to tell you this. The, the stuff that, the questionable stuff Biggie was saying, I do not think they would get him out of here for that. People would clown him for it, but people would let him cook. That's, t- that's typically what ends up happening. I don't know, but, like, see, you see the way they do Eminem, though, so I think it'll yeah, be. Yeah, but, yeah. That's because Eminem won't stop. Eminem won't stop. That's the Eminem problem. But uh, Pac, on the other hand, I think Pac would be Kodak Black fam if he was alive today. Uh, That's my hot take of the day. I don't know. It's kind of disrespectful. <laughs> That's kind of disrespectful. No, but like, look, okay, look, at, look at Kodak Black. He is somebody who works. He ain't really woke, but he works under the guise of saying stuff like the weather, the, uh, the, the government created the weather. Um, they wanted to imprison all of us. I'm a um I'm a black Israelite and all all that stuff and and he but at the same time nobody takes Kodak Black serious because of the stuff he does outside the music with the with the um the gun charges the sexual okay, abuse that's a, okay. cases and you know Pop in his whole career dealt with stuff like that and you know how we be trying to counsel people well yeah. I, I don't try to counsel anybody yeah but you know how Twitter and still try to counsel people yeah Pop would be like that he have a song like lift your head up. And he'll have a song like <clears throat> "Dear Mama." Uh, he'll have a song. Um, 
talking about respecting black women. Yeah. Then a sexual abuse case will come out like the next week. Yeah. I when you put it like that, that's a great comparison. But I would say maybe like J. Cole, like because he's not really that lyrical. Yeah. And so like he makes songs and like, man, man I met Cole, him. he just hit home right yeah, there. Yeah, most definitely. I can see that. He would have that um he'd have that appeal not so much in the lyrical department. So I feel like Tupac would, would fare a lot better in today's music scene than Biggie would because of that. Because Biggie would be a straight lyricist. And straight lyricist... Nah, see, that's, see, that's why I disagree. But I got a question after that, though. But, see, I think Biggie was, like, one of the most complete rappers. So, like, he can give you street shit. He can give you the radio singles. And then, yeah. like, he can give you, like... Storyteller and he yeah. like uh, songs like Sky's Limit. So you, I think he could have did it all. But. It all depends on what break he catches. Cause there's a, yeah. there's a couple of rappers I feel like who can do stuff like that, but they aren't even even a little bit popular. <clears throat> but see, Biggie, he had charisma. Like, yeah. Maybe those other those other rappers don't have charisma. But, charisma, yeah. But I ask you this though: You think Pac a better lyricist than Cole, or who do you think the better lyricist between the two? I'm gonna be honest. With you. <laughs> This tough. This tough. At, at once upon a time, I was I would probably say Cole. As of late, I've been reviewing Cole's discography and his music, and I think it's mostly because when I was younger, I first started listening to Cole. Cole's like one of the first lyricists I started listening to. Well, one of the first younger lyricists I started listening to. I didn't listen to that many lyricists at that time, so I overestimated his ability to rap. Now I've listened to some of the greatest lyricists of all time. I've went, I've listened to a ton of underground lyricists from Rock Marciano to um, MF Doom to seeing what Ghostface Killer and all the other guys can do. Now I've seen what like the optimum of lyricism is. I realize J. Cole isn't all that special in lyricism. Be honest with you, they might be around the same speed. Cause Cole on his, I'm saying this, be honest with you, when I listen to Cole at his best in terms of bars, I do think it's better than better than what I've heard from Pac at his best. Granted, there's a lot of Pac songs I still haven't heard. I'm listening to a good bit of Pac, but I feel like I might be forgetting a song off the top of my head. But that's that's my take for now. I'll say, well, if they had a bar to bar battle, I probably and Jake Cole wasn't on some I'm depressed type stuff <laughs> that he's been on. For, but you know, you know, because Vince that that verse he gave Royce Five Nine the other day on Boblo Boat. I listened to that. That verse was good. This that verse was great. I don't. I can't see Pop giving a verse like that. In all honesty, that would that would because the thing is, I don't feel like Royce washed J Cole and Royce is like one of the top tier lyricists. So I feel like yeah, I feel like J Cole at his peak can out would out rap Tupac in a battle. He's in a rap battle. Woo! Nah, you know what? In a rap battle, Tupac will win. Yeah, cause I was about to say the energy you bring and the. Yeah. Tupac, Tupac, no, let me get wrong. In a diss record, in a diss record battle, in a um, in a beef, or in a, a legit rap battle, straight up, J. Cole will lose. But if we talking about who do I think, if these two in here to make lay down a lyrical verse, who I think will come out on top, who will have a better lyrical verse, I would say J. Cole. I think it'll be pretty close, but let me ask you this, okay. Better diss record. Hit him up or false pride. Hit him up, fam. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't remember what False Prophet was. That's why I paused. Yeah, this is one of the softest discs ever in rap history. I, I thought it was. I thought it was kind of cool. I, I mean, I, I, just, I thought it was cool because of the, the, um, the instrumental that he borrowed from Joey. That's, that's that might be the, the strictly why I like the song. But it was a definite soft disc. I didn't really get the point in insulting Kanye West 
and um, Wale, and I might have met somebody else. I might be forgetting. I don't, I don't see the point in insulting both of them like that in a song. I just, it doesn't make no sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. I'm going to tell you what, Wale ethered his ass back. Groundhog Day was fire. Yeah, he got him back. Uh, I guess Kanye don't care. I ain't heard a word from, from him. He yeah. might have, he might have even heard the song. Honestly, I don't want to hear Kanye respond. <laughs> Kanye stick to making beats. Uh, okay. So, who do you think in today's music would flourish in the past? Mm. Obvious choice from the top of my head would be Joy Badass because he already makes that boom. He he already loves rapping over that boom bap beats. So I think he'd be pretty. I think he fared pretty well back then. I think Earl Sweatshirt would um, fare well back then. Kind of like in that, fang, that same vein as a lot of Wu-Tang members, kind of music they were making. It was just like a, a lot of gritty, dark beats and them just rapping bar after bar after bar. Yeah. I feel like Earl could have done, could have had a similar career to them type of guys. Somebody now that could flourish back then. Man. Because mm. like, you know, if you look, not too many stars would back then like a future winning I don't think future would have too much of a career back then nah I don't think um uh I, I want to say not Young Thug don't get me wrong those artists like Young Thug but the way Young Thug was acting and moving I don't think the rap the rap world would have been ready for that I don't think I think they would have got him out of here mm, who would flourish back then uh I'm gonna be like this I'm gonna ask you some names how popular do you think Drake would have been back then what kind of what kind of ripples do you think he would have had in the rap world? Do you uh, think he could have became as big as he is now? When you say back then, uh, let's, let's let's say between nineties to the two thousands. Uh, I say he would have been probably popular as Jaru. Like, really? I think like because he do the singy singy rap. But yeah. Imagine he made better song. He makes better songs than Jaru. Yeah. So, uh, Jaru. I mean not Jaru. A Drake and a Shanti single sounds way better than a, a Jaru and, and a Shanti record. Yeah, and then you had artists like LL Cool J, who was kind of like I think like in a similar vein, although he's a better rapper. But so you think LL Cool J is a better rapper than Drake? Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a nice. And take. I say that with a straight face too. I see that he <laughs> mirrors saying that with a straight face. He really believes this. I granted, I can't. Sp- I haven't listened to too many LL Cool J's albums, so I can't say if he's wrong or not. It just sounds crazy to hear. How many classes you said Ella Kuja had? Nah, we ain't gonna talk about that on air. We, we ain't gonna talk about that on air. <laughs> 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 but I was, like, do you do you think Drake could have dominated? Damn. Like the way he's dominated rap now, do you feel like he could have dominated back then? Mm. Oh, man, because I'm, just... I'm even skeptical of how big Kendrick Lamar would have been back then. Yeah, I think Kendrick Lamar he would have been probably more respected. Yeah, but my, he would have been like underground, so he probably would have yeah. been like a he'd been like a cult classic back then, or a comment like like he would have been like a comment type guy. Like he would have yeah. made great albums, but people would have been like, oh, he underrated. Yeah, all, like his whole career, he wouldn't really got his roses. I can definitely see that. Uh, Lupe Lupe Fiasco. I think he would have flourished. I think he would have flourished more back then, but it, I think he still would have. Yeah, I think he was like five or six years too late. But I think he still would have been underground because if you look at all the elite lyricists back then, a lot of them we say, man, he's underrated. Man, he's underrated. Yeah. Because so, at, at the end of the day, because there was no internet, only so many people could eat. Only so many people, only so many artists became like the biggest acts in music. Yeah. So everybody else was just like, you know, underground, so to speak. 
I think with Drake, it depends on where he claimed. Like, what? what I mean, where, he region he claimed. He be he be he be claiming Canada. But you remember like this? Could could Drake just do pull do pull off what he been doing in this decade with him going to Houston, calling Houston home? They going to Memphis, calling Memphis home. Going to Florida, calling Florida home. Cause he gotten away with that back then. I mean, it depends. Like, I think he builds good relationship with people. So I think like. When he uh when he does the Houston stuff when he was doing the Houston stuff like Bum B he didn't think nothing of it like yeah he was like oh he's just paying homage or whatever and so I, you, I mean you know I know rappers are more territorial back then than they yeah are they now. were so I don't know it wasn't no you can't claim if you come from a different side of the states you couldn't just say I'm from here or I I mess with y'all so you know I respect y'all culture and stuff so let me hang out with y'all weren't you on the West Coast the other day yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say. I really can't. I can't engage, cause he's pretty. He's one of the most popular artists now. To say like, would he be in that Biggie category back? Biggie Tupac category back then? I don't know. It's, it's it's hard to say. It's most hard to say because I don't know if he could. Like you said, there's only so much fame to go around, and I don't know if he could have nudged them two out of the way, out of the picture, in order to. I really don't think he could have in order to gain to be bigger than both of them. I think he he probably have to be on some more R and B ish to like maybe get uh to really really be popular. Yeah. Uh, who do you think is ahead of their time right now? An artist who's misunderstood. An artist who probably when we look back to when we look back ten years from now, fifteen years from now, we'll be like, oh, I don't see why we didn't see this sooner. Mm. Man, that is a hard question. If I just had to think of anybody, I'd probably say Kanye, the way he was uh, constructing albums and like putting yeah. albums together. I don't think, besides Kendrick, who uh, the way he constructs albums as well is uh, very well thought out and it's very cohesive and everything flows together so yeah. well. I think, I th- I'll give it this. I'll give Kendrick this. I think he's already getting his flowers. I don't think the average person does. I mean, he's blown up, so every person. I know a lot, more, a lot more people do give him credit than they used to, but I feel like he gets. There's people who say he top ten all time. I honestly don't ever hear people say that about Kanye West anymore. Yeah, I think, and I, think, I, I think they forget how great he was at structuring LPs and albums because of Yeezus and because of how polarizing Yeezus was, and because of how polarizing Life of Pablo was. We've forgotten all the great works he gave us between 2000 and 2010. I, I definitely see him. Like I said, it's kind of crazy to think that he's being overlooked. He's a Grammy winning artist. But I don't think even now, I still don't think we realize just how big, how much of an impact Kanye has had on rap for the past t- two decades. Yeah, I think he influenced a lot of a lot of a lot of artists, even in the fashion culture. Yeah, like you see all these guys now, they like they really they rappers and into fashion. I think Kanye yeah. was he was, was like the first rapper into fashion. I, I can't say that, uh, uh, but yeah. he was like pushing the the boundaries of it. Like he yeah. wanted, like he wanted to be a rapper who could make clothing because there's there a lot of there's a lot of rappers who were into fashion. Andre 2000, the guys in um, CeeLo Green, them guys love to wear eccentric clothing. And love to get dressed up and stuff like that, but Kanye wanted to be a producer of it. He wanted to be a guy who was making the product. And rappers now are, I feel like, because of Kanye, they want to get in the fashion scene. They want to be on the runway. Like I don't think too many rappers want like on the runway. 
in the past. These rappers want to be on the runway. They want to be making their design their own clothing. Now a lot of the clothing they be making be from looking like it be looking like the stuff that Kanye be making. Granted, all this stuff be ugly. <laughs> all my and I don't like none of the stuff Kanye's made except for, like the original Yeezy Boosts. Yeah, I thought those are hot. I ain't really too much care for anything that he's made in the past year. Balenciaga, I'm thinking like Balenciagas. Man, the shoes, man, I like the shoes. Like certain colorways, I like them. But nah. the clothes, I never ever care nah, for. Nah, I, I ain't never. I ain't them, them new shoes he been making. Nah, yeah, dang. Man. I don't like any of the time. Different man, the dad shoe. But you gotta think about it. He's older now. It's probably like yeah. some dad shoes. Man, that's some ugly dad shoes though. You couldn't make fire. Dad shoes ugly, period. I mean, that's my point though. You couldn't make some more fire looking dad shoes. Nah, man, he mm-mm. So, so just wear the dad shoes then. Nah, bro, he want his own dad shoes. Uh I, I respect it. I respect it. Uh Core's not here. So I'm gonna give the answer I think he'd give. I think he would say little boat. I think he said he's ahead of his time. I don't know. He probably said he probably would have said a little B or Soldier Boy. The little B and Soldier Boy are not ahead of their time. Granted, I feel like they impact the internet culture. I feel like their impact has ran its course. Now the internet's the biggest it's ever been. So I don't think they get the, the, I don't think they get the respect they deserve in that aspect. Cause the music, there's nothing to celebrate there. <laughs> <laughs> They showed they, what you could do, the power of the internet. And that's, the great, that's their greatest contribution to rap. They should be proud of themselves for that, if nothing else. But I don't think you think they are um, ahead of their time. As in 20 years from now, so a Soldier Boy song and a um, little B song going to sound like, damn, man, this sound like it could have been made yesterday. I don't think that's the kind of music they're making. I hope not. Well, I know put, they're not. Put your core beard on. Okay. Why is Lil Boat ahead of his time? Because of the sounds he used. What sounds? You know, the futuristic sounds. I don't know, man. Be honest with you. <laughs> I don't listen to these little Yachty enough. The only, only little, I have not listened to Lil Boat, which is what made Lil Yachty so famous. You know what? Bubblegum, bubblegum trap music. Bubblegum trap music is the future. It's what all rappers going to sound like 20 years from now. No, when you sir. turn your radio on, that's what you're going to hear. Hits like, Cold like Minnesota. Songs like uh, One Night. No, sir. That's what all raps. That's what commercial rap will sound like twenty years from now. That's why he's a. That's what. That's what Core would say. That's a good. There you go. Had to, had to think about it for a second. The beard didn't sit in, but that's exactly what would happen. Bubblegum trap music. That's the future. I mean, commercial rap already is bad as it is, but if that's the that's all we get from commercial rap. I might have to start going like deep on the ground. Man, I might have to go to a jazz, man. You want like, to listen to, go start listening to jazz? Yeah, man. You just have to change genres or something. Well, listen, you gotta listen to old jazz though. I don't think I don't think too much new jazz is being made these days. Any right. good any good jazz at that. You're right. Sure enough, man. Unless you wanna listen to um What's that dude? What's that dude's name? Kenny G. Kenny G, you wanna listen to Kenny G? Nah, man, you gotta listen to the real thing. Most deaf. Who do you think is the most influential in this generation and will influence those down the road. The most influential to me is Dwayne Michael Carter. I think from the the face tats to uh the punchlines, the way rappers try to rap now, I think 
people. I think yeah. it really influenced a lot. And, like, if you look at it like like a little Uzi and uh, they were like, oh, Lil Wayne, I grew up on Lil Wayne. Like, Lil Wayne influenced me. So I think. It, even if they, even if he, even if Lil Yachty, I mean, even like Lil Uzi tried to say, I didn't really listen to Wayne growing up. His name is a play off of Lil Wayne, yeah. Lil Uzi. He, oh uh, yeah, ju- that's a, that's another thing too. The little the little Zan, the little perky sex. Yeah, the little, it's all it's all a play off of what Lil Wayne did. Uh, the the dreads, the um the face tats. Yeah, the uh releasing books of music, man, and, and large excessive volumes. That's probably like that's probably Wayne's biggest impact on music. In all honesty, the way that he taught people that you can you should flood the market. You Granted, I don't think you, you should, should flood you the should. market. Everybody's not Lil Wayne. You should not flood the market. To be honest with you, I don't like flooding the market. You got to be a special kind of artist to flood the, for me to hear you all the time and not get tired of you. And Wayne was that special kind of artist. I never got tired of listening to Wayne. I I would look. I would listen to. I would watch One Hundred Six in Park. Lil Wayne would be on six of the ten songs, and I didn't care. I didn't care at all. It didn't. I didn't mind. I didn't mind it at all. Then after they go off, I go home. I go turn line wire on. I fire line wire up. No, no virus protection, raw. <laughs> Download music, and I listen to Lil Wayne for the rest of the day. Man, I remember, I go to LimeWire, I type in Lil Wayne, and every song that popped up, I downloaded every song, it. and you listen to it. That's exactly the same thing I did, and that's the thing about like Lil Wayne was so great in books. It's kind of crazy, honestly. And now other rappers feel like, oh, they they thing is they think Wayne was great because he stayed in our face. Wayne was great. Because he could rap, and so now other rap other rappers don't understand that, so they just probably put out as much material as possible. Granted, it works today because streaming, streaming makes putting bulky of large bulks of music um, work. I just think the way we uh, consume music now has changed. So you can release an EP today, and two weeks from now, they can be like, man, I need another, I need another MP, I need another EP for Jay, yeah, man. Like, yeah. we need another EP, man. What you doing, man? spoil. Yeah, and so. But, but I, and I think Wayne made us that way. Because before that, rappers weren't really just releasing projects back to back to back. But Wayne spoiled us and was giving us a new track every week. And then after he, and then after he went away, we expected the next guy to feed us that way. And I think, to be honest with you, I, I really feel like most of Wayne's impact on rap is, is more negative than positive, in all honesty. And that's not his fault. It's just the things that people decided to take from Wayne and learn from him were the wrong things. Yeah. There's a great some great artists who are inspired by Wayne. There's a lot of bad, bad artists. A lot of bad ones. Um I who think it's time what you you better ask. Who you think who do you think is the most influential? Oh, well, I think it was the most influential. Uh I don't. I'm. I'm gonna say someone whose influence hasn't been seen yet, but I think whose influence will be felt later on. I think it's gonna be Drake. From this current, this current crop of artists, I feel like there's gonna be a ton of artists growing up, growing up listening to Drake, him being their favorite rapper, and then coming up and saying Drake was my favorite rapper. He's the reason I, I rap. He's the reason I breathe. He's the reason I breathe into this mic. Yeah, like, I think that's. I think that's gonna be um, rappers ten years from now. I definitely can see that. I mean, I think he already influenced the game. Yeah. Like, with the guys like Bryson Tiller, Tory Lane, the party next door. door. But we yeah. talked about earlier. So. Yeah. Granted, like I said, I also feel like, well, it's, it's, it's no, there's no um, replacing the original. I don't like, and most of the artists who I feel like come from the same vein as Drake, 
the guys who trying to took his formula and try to improve upon it, I don't really like none of their music. I know you like black though. I say oh, yeah, black. I do. I do like. I do like black. I say black is under that, that Drake. Yeah, he definitely is. I do like black. Granted, I don't, I don't. I ain't too crazy about. I ain't too crazy about everybody else. But I don't, his his impact, how great or how positive or negative it'll be, is yet to be seen. But I don't. I think he'll have definitely impact the game way more than J Cole, way more than Kendrick. That's, that's just facts at this point. But I think it's time for the throwback track of the week. Um, since we've been talking about vocalists, you got any, what you got for us, Miro? Man, I'm gonna take y'all back, man, to the '80s. The Gap Band, outstanding. Young Pharaoh Cord, who was supposed to be here today, was supposed to do Who's Wildin' Next. But since he's not here, I guess we're going to move on to the next topic, which I kind of, you know, we can kind of tie into Who's Wildin'. Uh, Pelicans and AD. AD and the Pelicans are making a, a pretty great run at the third seed. Despite DeMarcus Cousin going down, everyone's saying they'd be at the playoffs. They're on the cusp of gaining that third seed. And because of that, people are starting to shout 
AD for MVP. Out of nowhere. I had to ask you, Mero. How stupid or how stupid is that? Mm, I mean, if they shout, they will shout uh, Giannis for MVP. So it's not, it's not that crazy, but I think it's crazy. But who who knows if the Pelicans were to finish the third seed? And do you think he, like this? Do you think AD would deserve MVP if he got the Pelicans to the third seed? I think most definitely. You think he, you think he deserve it? See, he he will be deserving of the award. Or, yeah. But I don't know if he would win it. Oh uh, yeah, I I can totally I can totally go with that. I think he would would be deserving of the award, but I don't think he should win over James Harden. I'm standing I'm standing firm on this mount for James Harden. As long as he keeps performing the way he has, as long as the Rockets keep performing the way they have, I don't see why he shouldn't win the MVP. He is. It's kind of. I mean, I saw a meme that was talking about what Kendrick Lamar tried to do for the Grammys, and it was like, "Well, here's a, um, here's a. Um, he, he turned in Good Kid, Mad City. Here's an album with a lot of appeal." Grammy said no. Well, here's a um, a critically acclaimed album that's really good. And Grammy said no. Well, here's a critically acclaimed album with a lot of success. The Grammy still said no after listening to it down. It feels like it for James Harden. James Harden. One, James Harden was in the MVP race, lost it to um, Steph Curry that one year, even though his numbers were better than Curry's because Curry had more team success, so he lost it. The next year came, um, James Harden ended up losing it to Westbrook. Well, actually, he lost it two times to um, Curry. The first time he lost it to Curry, I feel like he should have won. The third, when he ends up losing it to Westbrook, he had more team success, similar numbers, but lost it was a Westbrook because he had a worse team. Which was that's crazy because you know James Harden lost for that same loss to lost to Curry, even though he had a team that was worse than Curry in that one year. And then now James Harden has the the greatest team success out of all the teams in the league, plus some of the most gaudy numbers out of everybody in the league, and people have the nerve to say. AD should win the MVP. I, I definitely think he should gain a nod, but win. Yeah, I see. I see where you're coming from. Being that you, uh, you, you support James a lot. I say you're a James supporter, but uh, I just, I, mean, I, th- I think he's very. I think he should win it this year. Like I don't. I think regardless of what happens, like whatever happens in the West or East, I think he will be a MVP player this year. Yeah, he's definitely gonna be an MVP player. Yeah, he's gonna be in to play for it. No, I'm saying like I think he'll win. I you think, think, oh, you think this so? Year, this is the year he finally he finally will win. Yeah, like, barring think, anything crazy happens from here on out to him, I don't I can't see people prying it out of his hands because in his hands now. But I, I support him because I, I I believe in fairness and what's right. And to me, he has gotten the shorter end of the stick because of the stipulations. If the rules were the same every year. And they went by the same guidelines. So the guidelines that made Harden lose that first year should have made Westbrook lose his past year when he was the sixth seed. But, but I don't, he, I don't, it's not necessarily rules for the MVP. I think it's just the way the voters, like the way they sway their votes. I think the first year when he lost, like, yeah, Harden had that's what I'm saying. better numbers, air quotes, but like Curry played like 32 minutes. And like they were blowing teams out. Because of how great his team was. I think he's... Big part of that team success. So well, see I, that, but see, that's my point now with Harden and how great his numbers look. 
and how his team, how great his team is. And he's, and James Harden is at the center of why that team is so great. With him, with the Rockets being 31, I think, and one right now when James Harden, Chris Paul, and um, Capella play. Capella play. But I think this is the year he gets it, though. I think last year was, uh, it was like a different. It was a difference, and it it wasn't based on like I think the way they judge the MVP vote. They're not really gonna judge it the way because it, that way moving forward. I know, think could, I think it was just a one time thing. Could you know what's crazy? Westbrook is damn near averaging a triple double right now. True. I think he's like he's like he's like twenty five, ten, and like nine point six. Yeah. Away from it, so his his year about five points off. His year is almost identical to last year. Why isn't he in the MVP race this year? But see, that's why I go back to say the way he performed down at. See, people say, "Oh, he just won because he uh he averaged triple double." Well, yeah, he averaged triple double. But the way he performed in the clutch, like the way he just like willed his team to victory time and time and time again, again, I think was the reason why he won it. But someone else says what I'm saying. I don't like award. He was in them situations because his team was bad. I don't like awarding people. I don't, I don't like the idea of awarding players just because their teams were bad. Because if you look at James Harden, he wasn't in those situations because his team was blowing teams out. So should he be penalized for not having clutch moments when, because when his team was vaporizing the opponents? But then I say this: James Harden had some moments where late game situation where he was screwing up and he was causing him to lose games. So yeah, granted, but Westbrook had the same plays. He didn't save the day every time. You see what I'm saying? But more time than not, like last year, just based off last year, he was saving the day a lot. A lot, a lot. I'll give I'll give Westbrook that. But I'll tell you somebody who I felt like should have got some MVP, MVP considerations, but people weren't saying it at all. Like I don't who? don't I don't think he should have got any first place votes, but maybe some second and thirds would have been rightfully should have rightfully his. I think it should have been Jimmy Butler. And that's my hot take of the day. Because Jimmy Butler Joined a team that won 20 or so games, and they were on their way to win 50 games before he got hurt. I think a lot of people are sleeping on that fact because we know how good Cat is. But even no matter how good Cat was, if Jimmy Butler didn't come there, did anybody really expect him to be a playoff team? Let alone be like the third seed. I can, I can, I can dig that. Yeah, you finish. Uh, well, they're third, fourth, three to. Four. Four seed, Jimmy. Yeah, I can see that. I can dig it. I can dig it. Yeah. So, so I feel like, granted, his numbers don't aren't what an MVP would normally be with like twenty eight points, six, seven rebounds, eight or nine assists. But I feel like if you want to talk about impact and being valuable to your team, I think that's exactly what Jimmy Butler. I think he personifies that the intangibles, the thing, the little things he does on the court, is what makes them great. Because in the beginning of the season, he wasn't even playing that well, yeah, but they were, win- but they were winning. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think Jimmy Butler, from just a stats standpoint, do you think he's having a top five season? A top five season this year? No. Off the top of my head, I'll say no because of Harden. I'll say Westbrook. I'll say AD. I do not know the Greek Freak's exact numbers right now, but I'll say that I'm, I'm going to get – even if I don't say Greek Freak, I can say LeBron. So that's four. Um – and probably Curry and, and um, Durant. Yeah, so he's definitely having a top five statistical season. That's why I say in terms of impact, though, the impact he's having on his team is MVP-like. And we might see that, especially if the Timberwolves fall out the playoffs with him gone. 
how important he was to that team, the defense. That's one thing the thing he brought was defense to a team that was ranked like bottom five in the league in it. He brought a team that was so bad. Like I think the Timberwolves led the league in blown leads last year by by a large margin. They aren't doing that anymore because of, because of Jimmy Butler late game decisions and stuff. It's that type of stuff that he's changing that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. That's made this that's made a world of difference for this young Timberwolves team. So I feel like he I feel like he's an unsung hero. I had to sing. I had to give um Jimmy Butler his laurels. Shout out to Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Buggies. Hope he comes back. Hopefully the Timberwolves. Are still in the playoff picture. I would love, even though I want the Clippers in, I would hate it if it was at the expense of Timberwolves. Cause I think they deserve it. They deserve. They've worked really hard this year. They deserve to be in the playoffs. That's how I feel about that. Um, favorite storylines in the NBA so far, Melo. Favorite storylines. Oh, I really like Kyrie, man. I like. I, oh. like the, I like the Kyrie story. You know what? That's another one. I figured because so many people like Kyrie and so many people do hate LeBron, I figured there'd be more people chanting in Kyrie for MVP. I feel like he should be top three in the MVP race. I really do. He's the main cog in that Celtics team that's been number one for so long. The majority of the season have had made some impressive wins. Granted, his numbers aren't wouldn't be top five statistical either, but we talking impact. He's had on this Celtics team. It's immeasurable. I, I like the Kyrie story because so many people are like, man, Kyrie can't lead a team past 20 wins. He Look what he did before uh, LeBron came out. Well, he was 19, 20, and 20. Now, granted, I was I was in that crowd, to be honest with you. I was in that crowd. I was team John Wall over Kyrie. But I'll say this much. I kind of – I didn't think he'd just be a non-playoff team if he went somewhere. But I did not expect him to be the best in the – and the same conference is like LeBron. I didn't expect him to be the he'd be the best team in the in the West. But the thing is, his team is beating Western teams. I I gotta give gotta give Kyrie his props. Shout out to Kyrie Irving for man. proving that detractors and the haters wrong, including me. Man, I felt like I always I felt like he could do it. Like he just never had the shot. Like the team, I don't even count the teams when before LeBron came up because the lineup was so ugly. And then you had big trash. You had coaches that. Was getting bounced like every year, so I was like, he just never had a fair shot to like to really lead a team. Thanks. So I got you. It's, it's, it's fair. A lot of people try to make it seem like he did, but um. So that's one of my favorite storylines for the uh, NBA yeah. season. What about you, uh, Victor Oladipo? Oladipo being thrown, cast out from the Oklahoma City Thunder, and taking a team that and improving the team. More so, it seems as right now, they might finish way better than the uh, other Pacer team. He might take this Pacer team farther than Paul George did by himself. Well, by, by himself, air quotes, because he's not really by himself. Well, they made it to the Western Conference Finals six games. I don't think they can make it that far. But I think it was a lot of factors besides just not playing with Westbrook. I think... Oh, yeah, of course. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him that he has gone somewhere from starting on the Magic getting that, that experience with OKC and him now with the um the Pacers and and flourishing. It's not so much I'm 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 happy because he's away from Westbrook and making Westbrook look bad. It's more so I'm happy that he has got his own team. It's a new budding star in the league. I like the um the Clippers narrative of course. The fact they've had they've led the league in loss and losses due to injury and yet they're in the playoff picture. The Timberwolves being a playoff team, 
Love it. Um, other storylines, I'm loving in the NBA. I'm loving that the Rockets are looking are looking like a threat to the Warriors. I'm loving that storyline. I loved every storyline that came out of Cap, the, uh, Cleveland this year because they were all hilarious. Um, yeah, that's, that's, those are, those are my favorite storylines from the season. Those some good ones. Well, uh, let me ask you this: uh, What was the funniest uh, storyline that you heard come out of Cleveland? What was the funniest? Okay, first first off, I don't. Even, the crazy thing is, look, J.R. Smith threw soup at Damon Jones yesterday and got suspended. And I don't think that was the most funniest thing that's happened this season with the Cavaliers. Is it between? It's between. Uh, it might be. You know what? I think it was the meeting that they had. And they said, Kevin Love, why the hell weren't you at the game? And Kevin Love said, I was sick. And they said, nah, nigga, you weren't really sick. That might have been the funniest thing to me the entire season. The fact that they sat, the fact that Kevin Love had to leave because he had the flu and his teammates thought he was faking. That was my that was the funniest thing that came out of Cleveland to me. Okay, I got w- you. W- what about you? Man, none of them. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, of course, oh, yeah, course <laughs> they don't funny you because you're a cast man. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know, man. It's been a rough year. Yeah, it really has. I think LeBron. I was saying in December, January, I like, man, like he checked out this season. I like, he don't want to be here. Yeah, but he's, he's like he, he's checked back in now. He got this trade going on, which was hilarious too. Austin Class getting them updates. I thought this is oh, this is insane. But definitely, Kevin Love um, having to bring a doctor's excuse to IT and LeBron to prove he was sick. That was funny. Um, but I think that's all we got for today. Any closing thoughts, Mero? Anything else you'd like to share? Uh, shout out Method Man. It's your birthday today. Shout out Method Man. Shout out to the guy Method Man. Uh, prayers up for Rick Ross. Rose Renzel. The biggest boss. We don't want to lose you, man. Stay, hang in there. Keep eating them pears. Whatever they, whatever they feeding you, and they eat all of it, man. Get better. Get well soon, so you can eat Wingstop when you get out. Yeah, get well, Rick. Ross, prayers up to you, man. Matter of fact, might need to lay off the wing stop when you when you get out. Nah, he on checkers. He he, yeah, he, he, he missing the checkers now. Yeah, he be eating the big boofles. <laughs> 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 All right then, tune in next week for another episode of the Popular Demand Podcast.